You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says at the start, this is Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Indians game against the White Sox that is currently in progress. And then for the second half of the show, we will be doing more draft talk because this is going to be the last show uh, before draft day itself. So, I mean, did you expect anything less of me? This has to be draft focused. This is a reminder to uh, download the podcast, listen, rate, review, subscribe on the new Himalaya app on Google Play, iTunes, whatever it is you use. Numbers are going up. That's awesome. Thank you. So the Indians game is currently uh, in progress. I couldn't wait for this one to end to record. Uh, It's only in the fifth inning as I am currently doing this. So let's talk about it. There's some good things off the bat. Let's uh, unintentional humor uh, punning there. One, Kipnis moved down to six in the lineup. It's a good and a bad. Yes, it's great. He's down in the lineup. But against a left-handed pitcher, he should be batting no higher than eighth, ninth. Uh, Having him bat six ahead of Roberto Perez is just, it's bonkers. Um, But that's where we are with with Tito. Uh, You know, small victories. So that's uh, Greg Allen being in the lineup again. And just in terms of today, I mean, another hit for Allen. He scored one of the two runs in this game. I know Kipnis has a double, but again, I'm not going to read into one hit in the game. But uh, Allen with a hit. Jose Ramirez intentionally walked, but it's still a walk. Positive performances will take continued improvement from those two. That stands out. Manny Benuelos, this is the third time the Indians have faced him. He is the one pitcher on the White Sox they've been able to uh, beat and beat up on. Not so much in this one. He's only allowed three hits through those five innings, three walks. Uh, He struck out three, and he has allowed just those two runs. Carlos Carrasco still struggling on the other side of things. Four innings, four and runs, a home run again. Uh, Yonder Alonso, who has been awful, just awful for the White Sox this year. Um, the Indians, in related news, just put Alex Call on the uh, the Akron roster, who's the player that they got for Alonzo. It still boggles my mind that they got an actual prospect for him. Uh, Call isn't a great prospect, uh, but he's probably somewhere in the 20s when I eventually release my Indians list uh, later this year. But... Uh, Alonzo batting 181, 286 on base percentage, 330 slugging. Uh, amongst the Indians' regular starters, he would be the worst hitter. He would have the worst on base percentage. And slugging wise, uh, it is better than Jose Ramirez. And that's it. Uh, that is among the regular starters. He is having a awful year. It's great the Indians gave him away. But right now he's got a, a home run and a double, and he's having the best game of the year by far. And he's a, a primary reason why the Indians are currently behind 4-2. to two. We'll see how the game continues to play out. Uh, the White Sox have been a bit of their bane this year. They are 4-4, four and four, and the White Sox are, you know, 26-29. and 29, The Indians are 28-27. You'd think they'd be beating up more on the White Sox. Carrasco's continued struggles are uh, troublesome. 
uh, it just it's amazing how much regression we've seen this year between Carrasco, um, Bauer, and Kluber before his injury. And if the offense wasn't being historically awful, I think there'd be more concerns about the pitching coach. But because we're too busy um, being wrapped up in this just atrocious offense, we've kind of given a free pass to the fact that almost the entire pitching staff has seen uh, all the you know the three pitchers who had the highest expectations have all seen uh, pretty big regression this year, and uh, you know. Mark Wiley should be thinking his lucky stars. The offense is as awful as it is, or he would be the prime culprit right now that people are talking about. What's going on? Is he not doing his job? It would be a much bigger discussion than uh, we're at the, the, on the side of things as it currently is. I hadn't heard anyone say it until I had. And even if you wanted to play devil's advocate about, oh, look at how Clevenger was pitching and how Bieber has done this year. Those two guys, often when they talk about what has changed or what's helping them, it's, talking with the other pitchers on the staff it's not the pitching coach who's doing much to uh help those guys and make them better so that's that's today's game we'll see how it goes hoping they can uh put something together win a few uh like i said this is the brute i've said before in the podcast i should say this is a brutal part of the schedule after the white Sox, they um I know we got the Yankees upcoming. So they have this series against the uh, White Sox. It's a four-gamer. They've just been 500 against the White Sox. Then they have the Twins, who are currently the best team in baseball, according to winning percentage. And then the Yankees, one of the other top teams right now in baseball, uh, have an off day on June 10th. June 11th is Cincinnati at home. Now that opens up a stretch with Cincinnati, Detroit, Texas, Detroit, Kansas City, Baltimore, Kansas City. Cincinnati on the road every single team there is in top 10 pick competition range so the important thing is I'll take 500 baseball for these next few games if they can be 500 at Chicago versus Minnesota versus New York I'll take it because they should be playing about 600 baseball in this stretch if not 650 baseball when you're looking at teams that are all waving the white flag already It is time to thank our sponsors, Hotels.com. You go there, you save time, you save money. It is a consumer-based model. I use it. I will continue to use it. They want you to come back. They're making their money because you book through them. You're only going to book through them if they can find you deals. They're going to find you deals. It's just the way to make it easy. It is an easy way to get everything to you. Hotels.com. I use them. You should too. Our other sponsor is BlueChew.com. It is the chewable little blue pill. I mentioned before I was reading, the, looking through the copy on this, and I saw that because it's chewable, it actually gets in your bloodstream quicker than Viagra Cialis, even though it has the same active ingredients. Now, what I always say with this is I'm in my 30s. I've been hearing about this, these blue pills most of my life. There is an idle curiosity. If you're like me and you have an idle curiosity, you've always wanted to be like, what is it like? What's it going to do for me? Here's your chance. Because you just have to go online, fill out some information, pay the 5 bucks for shipping, and you get a free trial. It's free. Yes, you're paying 5 bucks, but that's just to cover the shipping so they don't lose money on this. But if you've ever been curious, here is your chance. Go to bluechew.com, enter the promo code MLB, and get your product. It'll come discreetly in the mail. You don't have to worry about any of that. 
um, then you can try it. You can see what it's about. You can uh, see what this little blue pill we've been hearing about all these years is and what it will do for you. Remember, bluechew.com, promo code MLB. And we're back. So, as I mentioned, the draft is on Monday. I feel always at this point in time woefully unprepared. Um, I need to write about 52 more capsules before we're all said and done. Uh, Get out two more mocks. Uh, I just got done with a Royals uh, podcast where we talked about the draft the whole time. I got another Royals podcast. I end up bouncing around doing a a lot of shows typically. This year it's been a little light, and I think that's because this is just not that interesting of a draft compared to the last few years. The lack of uh, depth has been an issue, and we'll have to see you know, how things play out. Right now, it's a, it's a lot of guesswork. I think there's a good chance that uh, Rushman is the top pick. This will be the second year in a row that the player I put on my board at the beginning of June is still the top player when we get back to the next June. It's not as impressive this year. Last year when I did it with Casey Mize, um, I was the only person who had him at one, and a year later, uh, it was a consensus. This year, everyone's had Rushman as a consensus. I brought up on the Royals podcast, for people who don't quite understand why you might pass on the top player in this draft, the Royals front or the Royals, the Orioles front office is extremely analytical. These are two of the bigger analytical minds that came over from Houston into that front office. And in the NFL draft, analytics tell us that more picks is the way to win the draft. You it's no one does it better than a, a like a D average. If you are a D average on your draft picks, you are the best guy in football. If you're hitting on 60% of your draft picks, you are fantastic. So the way to win at the draft is to just get as many picks as possible. In Major League Baseball, if we take that idea, so instead of the idea of just whoever has the most picks, the idea would be to spread your pool money around to not do you know the typically the guy who is first in the draft is going to get seven to eight million he is going to get you know almost half of your pool money the orioles have a pool of 13.8 the first overall pick slot is 8.4 we don't really see last year there were just two players who got over seven million dollars so but even if uh you know he's whoever you'd expect maybe seven seven and a half there's a often we see like a big drop off once we get to like the fourth fifth and sixth picks and signing bonus those teams end up having more money to spread around than the team who picks one because the team who picks one often has to pay the most and they get the biggest chunk taken away so if you are the Orioles and let's say you're looking around and I still think Andrew Vaughn would be pricey I know he's been kind of their rumored pick there but if you look and they decide that the you know, that they are fine with maybe a Riley Green who's a little bit further down the board or uh, someone like that, uh, C.J. Abrams, who's a up-the-middle athlete, and he can cost half as much as as uh, Rushman, and you decide, hey, uh, we then have $4 million to spread around other players. We can spread that out and get the largest pool of uh, picks. It's not necessarily what I would do, but I wouldn't hate on it either. I can understand the logic to it. The counterpoint of this is the Indians actually tried this in the first year of their pool system. They went and they underdrafted a player in the 2012 draft in the first round um, and then spread around that money on a lot of bigger-name players, getting an impressive array of talent. 
the problem is it hasn't worked out. <laughs> now, if you're sitting there at home going, who did they take in the 2012 draft? They took the player with the best arm and who was rated almost everywhere as having the best hit tool of any college player in the country. He was not viewed as a as a as a as highly as he was drafted. He was viewed as maybe a, a someone in the 30s. Uh, that player was uh, Tyler Naquin. Since then, he uh, it kind of shows the issues we have when it comes to uh, the evaluation of hit tools and exactly how we judge this. It's a uh, it's a fraught field. Bradley Zimmer also was viewed to have one of the best hit tools amongst the uh, the college class that he was in, and we've seen that that is. 100% not the case as he's developed in the minors. So the Indians had the 15th overall pick the year they took Naquin. Again, he was viewed as someone closer to the 30s. This is one of uh, about the second year I was writing in depth on the draft. This is still kind of in my infancy of it. Now, around that pick, uh, the, the names of note, Andrew Haney had been linked to them. I will say I successfully remember getting that one right in the mock just because like Oklahoma Stan Meeks and that always stood. Um, this was a really good draft at the top. A lot of big names. A lot of people wanted um, and were very disappointed when Lucas Giolito went 16th, just one pick later. Fun fact, so far, Naquin has a higher war value than Giolito, who has uh, struggled uh, in the major. Uh, Chris Stratton was another guy who a lot of people wanted. Michael Walker. Corey Seager was not really a guy who was on a lot of boards at that point, but uh, he was, he's been maybe the most successful of these picks outside of Carlos Correa. There were basically two names I wanted with this pick, I'll be honest. Uh, one a lot more successful than the other. Richie Schaefer was the guy that uh, I thought was going to go to the White Sox at 13. They took Courtney Hawkins. was another guy who had some Indians run, and I was very glad we didn't take him. And I am even happier now as he was one of the bigger busts of this draft. Um Schaefer, mostly known for his heroics down in AAA and hitting for power. Uh, he Naquin's been better. I was wrong with that. The other guy I really liked, uh, my number two at that point, uh, was Marcus Stroman. I just thought that he was, uh, if you added you know, six inches to him, he'd be the f- in contention to be the first player drafted in that draft. I was really high on Stroman. Um, that one I have uh, looked a little better on. Stephen Piscotti was was the third guy, uh, in all honesty, for me. He was I was significantly higher on him than uh, than just about everyone in the class. I think I had Schaefer eleven on my board and Piscotti twelve. Like they were super close. Then Stroman was fourteenth or fifteenth, but those were the three guys that uh, really stood out. Current or former Indians that were also in this first round, James Ramsey, if you remember that name. Uh, I believe they got him as the prospect in the uh, Justin Masterson deal, who he never made to the majors. Uh, current catcher Kevin P. was uh, the 35th pick to the Mets. This was uh, a draft that had 60 picks in the first round. 60. Uh, you know, things have definitely changed, but... Uh, this was when they, they kind of made it so it was harder for teams to get compensation picks because it was starting to get a little ridiculous. Um, but yeah, you go through this first round. It's the by war. It's Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, 
Addison Russell, Marcus Stroman is fourth, and fifth is Kevin Gosman. Uh, Max Fried looks like a, a star. We'll see how that goes with his performance this year. Uh, Brian Buxton is performing. Mike Zanino. There, there's a, was a lot of talent, but uh, yeah, the uh, the Indians took Naquin who to save money. Now, are you ready for the the players that use that saved money on? Because this is where it gets interesting. Second round, Mitch Brown. He was in some places rated a first round pitcher. He uh, is struggled with command consistently in the minors, turned into a reliever. He is still with the Indians, working as a relief pitcher in the lower minors. Third round, Kieran Lovegrove, viewed as a, a value in the third, no longer with the Indians, uh, minor league performer. Devon McClure, very I, th- he might have been my favorite pick, honestly, amongst these players. Went in the fourth round, uh, very toolsy guy. I think he could have gone to Arkansas to play uh, football and baseball. He never got out of Mahoning Valley. That's the highest he ever performed. 2015, he was let go. Uh, he just he couldn't hit, could not make contact, was quickly out of baseball. Our next player up, Dylan Baker. Really interesting pitcher. Kept getting hurt. Uh, was on the 40-man for a time. They protected him. He is currently in independent baseball. The Dodgers uh, tried him last year, and he was not good in Double A. He's 27 in independent ball at this point. Uh, injuries just kind of robbed him of a lot of the big velocity. and He was, he was a... A lottery pick selection, but he was a player who at least had some top 10 prospect run. I'll come back to the sixth rounder. That was a senior sign in the sixth round to save them more money. So they could come back in the seventh round and take Josh McAdams, a really toolsy kid, Calhoun High School. That is a top performing Georgia high school. Uh, Roberts made it to Lake County, so he got further than McClure. Uh, his uh, career minor league uh, OPS was 519 and really if you get rid of Arizona he I mean he again could not make contact he never had a home run in his minor league career and he was kind of a prospect who was hailed for his power potential uh again big overslot guy big power hitting outfielder um not didn't didn't work out for the Indians eighth round Caleb Hambrick, who was a Texas kid who was viewed as a... He was one of those players that went out and got and another high-priced prep player. He saw his value take a hit during his uh, his final year of high school. He never got out of Lake County. Uh, couldn't, couldn't miss bats. Uh, so then the other players of note, Jacob Lee was a senior signed in the ninth round. In the 10th round, Josh Martin is a senior sign. Uh, Lee never really came to much, but, I mean, Martin is hes now in the Philly system. He was taken in the Rule 5 draft. Compared to a lot of the prospects, you could argue that he is the uh, third best player amongst the top two rounds. And then the other senior sign of note was the their best player in the Indian draft, Joey Wendell, who was a... The sixth round senior sign, a very cheap get, and he, uh, you know, he's been the best player for them in this draft. 
Uh, I've been big on Michael Peoples. He was taken in the 14th round that year. Nelly Rodriguez is kind of a big name. He was a 15th rounder. I really think a lot of the love for him, though, always comes from the fact he went to the same high school as Manny Ramirez. You go down the list, uh, 17th round, Andrew Calica. Couldn't get him to sign, so they waited until he was a senior and they got him. Nick Pasquale uh, bounced around for a while as a, a player they took in the 20th round. 21st round, Joe Severs uh, stuck with them and continued to play. The nephew of uh, John Elway. His his mom is John Elway's uh, twin. Justin Garza, another high school kid they were unable to sign, who they would later sign out of college. And you can keep going down. There's a lot of these guys who never signed. Most of them... Uh, Corey Raley was a football baseball guy wasn't able to to really turn it into much never ended up getting drafted again he was a guy I was really into really hoping they'd get I like the tools there Uh, Paul Hendricks another guy they were unable to sign out of high school and they come back the next year and they're able to draft him Um, he was a shortstop so a lot of redrafts for them in this class um, if you look for like players who got away, there aren't really any that stand out. Um, <clears throat> you know, it, it, there was always the good story that they drafted Nick Hamilton, Tom Hamilton's son. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it was not a good draft, and just kind of going back over it specifically because when you're looking at the idea of we'll spread the money around, we'll get a lot of players. Sometimes you end up with nothing, and that's what happened because the Indians spread that money around, and not one player they spread that money to ended up turning into anything. The second and third most productive members of the class were a pair of senior signs who they gave 10K to. Uh, They, as a whole, that approach didn't yield anything for the Indians. Not a darn thing. Thank you for listening. I want to remind everyone to uh, rate, review, and subscribe on the Himalaya app, on iTunes, Google Play, whatever you're using. That is all huge for us. That's a big part of what uh, helps keep this podcast going. Visit our sponsors. If you've been curious about uh, Little Blue Pills or if you need to book a hotel, remember Blue Chew and Hotels.com. And as always, thank you for listening. And last time before draft day, I'm going to say it. Go Tribe!